What shall we look at today? This is Judy. Judy. You know, in the, in the um, gift of engagement class, we've been looking at the jump campaign, and what actually surprised me so much was how angry, uh, the anger that swelled up, uh, not what was on the list, but what wasn't on the list. There was no mention of population or birth control or anything about the people in the world. Mm-hmm. The number of Let me catch it. Uh-huh. Let me catch up with you, Judy. So in the Gift of Engagement group coaching, you're looking at the jump campaign list. Do you want to say a couple of words about what that is, just to fill folks in who might not? Oh, sure. It's, um, it's, a campaign. it's a campaign in order to um, raise our consciousness about caring for the planet. And there's a list of some things that we could uh, do, like, like eating a plant-based diet or keeping mm-hmm. our devices for more than seven years and not traveling by plane except for limited, you know, once every seven years for a long trip and three years for a short trip, like that, those kinds of things. Aha, uh-huh, great. And, and what you noticed is a reaction of anger at things that weren't on the list. Right. That, because it seems to me, because conditioning tells me that the problem isn't doing these activities or not doing the activities. The, problems, the problem is that the population is growing so rapidly. And now with Roe versus Wade and some states even talking about banning birth control, that's going to accelerate. Aha. Uh-huh. So you noticed conditioning framing the problem for you, uh, or framing the problem and saying that it's not what's on the list that's the problem. Here's this thing that isn't on the list, and that's the problem. Right, right. And there was anger with that. Mm-hmm. A lot of anger with that, Anna, just a whole lot of anger. And as I looked at that more, more and more and more over the time, um, what I see is uh, all... That, that my decision not to have children has been such a source of um, ammunition for conditioning to keep me separated from people because so many people talk about their kids all the time. You know, and I don't have anything to add to that. Well, conditioning tells me I don't have anything to add to that conversation of children. So as you looked at this more and more and more, it sounds like staying with it, looking at all of the layers being revealed, you saw that conditioning has made it a great source of ammunition to use against you your choice not to have children and has used that to keep you separate. Separate, right. Separate and a a sense of not fitting in. Um, You know, for example, I was on a book study call last week and every single person on the call, except me, talked about their grandchildren during the check-in. And conditioning just... I mean, I don't, I don't remember anything else that anybody else said, but conditioning just zeroed in on that about how, again, how, how uh, I was different from what's normal and what, how a woman should be. You know, there's, yeah, there's so many layers. Yeah, so many layers to this, this process of uh, separating and this process of making you feel like you don't fit in. And the, the content is not having children, that as people were coming onto this call, um, and talking about their grandchildren, that was what conditioning was zeroing in on. That was yeah, the focus. Yeah. And the, the other thing that's so, um, I just, it, it just makes me laugh. The other thing that's so interesting about this is that all of this conversation that conditioning has me in takes me completely away from the topic at hand, 
caring for the planet. It turns it all back into me. So what you saw is that by focusing on this one area of content, conditioning takes attention away from caring about the planet and onto a focus on me. Right. And and how um, common that process is. You know, something that's a very noble cause and something that I believe in wholeheartedly, condition um, hijacks and turns it all back to what's wrong with me. So this cause that you care about, this is a noble cause, conditioning hijacks and turns it into something that's all about me. Yeah. So it's, um, it's really been interesting to see. Yeah. So, and, and how often, you know, so I'm catching on now how often that, catch, that uh, uh, transfers to other areas that starts out with a noble cause and gets corrupted by conditioning. Yeah. Mm. So seeing that as a process, that there's a noble cause that conditioning hijacks and turns into suffering and turns it into a focus on me. Right, right. And how interesting it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it's the same process of um, bringing me back to what my vow is, to my, uh, to what I care about. You know, and thank, and to gratefulness. You know, for this process, for the recorder, for for being trained um, regularly to look at this instead of taking it on and believing it. So grateful for the recorder and grateful for the training to not take this on, to not have to believe it, to be able to see it, not see through it. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and grateful we've, got, uh, we've got three more weeks to go. That was just the first week. Pretty good. Huh? <laughs> What a start. Yeah. What a, what a start. Yeah. Uh, and gratefulness to the practitioners showing up to to use the tools. Uh, right? uh, yeah. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. Thank you. This is Michael. Michael. Hi, Anna. Um, so I am um, super duper grateful to be here and uh, have this practice opportunity. And um, I was uh, traveling this past week, and I'm just so um, grateful because we talk about um, having this mobile home. <laughs> and uh, I'm really grateful to have a mobile home, a mobile sense of center and presence that um, is with me regardless of circumstances or location or who I'm with. And uh, it's just magical to be um, saved in that way. So you've been traveling this past week and so grateful to have this mobile home, this mobile home of center that is here wherever you are, no matter who's around or what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one thing I've been looking at is that I, I've i been talking about this health thing for a while. So I'm going to have um, this uh, surgery next Friday. And um, what I notice is that um, part of me is terrified about that. 
and uh, I'm aware that I've been adequate to uh, everything else that has come before <laughs> in my life. And um, it feels like, um, I guess to some part, maybe it's to ego, I guess, that um, like I'm just walking to my death next Friday. So you have this surgery coming up next Friday, and part of you is terrified, and you also know that you've been adequate to everything else in your life that's gone before, and there's also this sense that you project as ego that you are walking to your death next Friday. Yes, and it, it, what is so interesting to me about it is, like, um, life is just normal. I'm doing the same activities um, in the same ways, and then, and then come next Friday, all of that is going to uh, stop for a while. And uh, I, I guess someone is trying to uh, sort of reconcile the seemingly sameness of every day with this upcoming thing on Friday, and there's like some kind of big disconnect. Mm-hmm. There's someone trying to reconcile the disconnect between you just going about doing your regular activities in your daily life and then this thing coming up next Friday. Yeah, and um, as I hear that reflected, I realize, well, there's nothing to reconcile. Um, there's just, as we said, there's just this, this moment and um, right here, right now. And uh, if I get another moment or other days, um, that's a blessing. That's icing on the cake. And um, also, you know, as the guide reminded me, well, um, you know, I could get hit by a bus tomorrow and that's it. And so the surgery next Friday is really not going to be an issue. (laughs) So as you hear that reflected back, what you see is that there's nothing to reconcile. It's just this. It's just this moment, this moment, and this moment. And as the guide reminded you, you could get hit by a bus tomorrow and then the surgery would not be relevant. Yes. And um, the other thing that um, i just incredibly grateful to practice for everything, um, and especially around this, where um, it doesn't feel like there's urgency or fear or, like, the decision to move forward with this surgery. You know, I kind of explored a lot of different options, and including waiting and doing nothing, and um, this seems like the best thing, you know, no guarantees and no, um, but it doesn't feel like there's um, fear or urgency driving it. It's a gratitude for practice that your experience now is that it isn't urgency or fear driving this, right? That you explore different options, including waiting and doing nothing. This is what seemed to be the best, and the experience of that is no urgency, no fear. Yes, yes, and um, uh, the other thing God reminded me is that, um, you know, whatever happens, uh, we're not looking back, we're not second-guessing this decision, we're not, um, if only that had happened, um, you know, my job is to um, be with Michael and um, save Michael regardless. Yeah. Your job is to be with Michael, save Michael regardless. And what that looks like is no indulging any 
what you could have done differently or second guessing like that yes 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 exactly um and the other thing that drops in and i don't know why this is dropping in but i think it was an alan watts quote um about uh life being basically like a flash of light between you know the eternal darkness before i arrived and the eternal darkness after i go and um it just kind of um brings a focus to um to this moment and um to the brief time that i'm here alive and um wanted to enjoy that and uh contribute and um really participate um in the way it was talked about at the beginning of open air last week um sherry and jen were talking about um you know participation and showing up and um uh giving support and receiving support and um participating mm-hmm. and so going to that awareness of the briefness of life really brings focus to this moment and brings you to how you want to be which is participating contributing yeah and um i'm just incredibly grateful for for practice and uh, and these calls and uh, support and um thank you anna yeah yeah so grateful for practice so grateful for the support Thank you. Thank you. Phil? Phil? Uh, yes. Um, well, I, too, am so grateful for this practice, <laughs> as, as we all are, I know. Um, I, I, let's see, what was I even going to say? Um, the just just that um i was just watching this this week um that it, it was a week or a couple was that i've had a couple of weeks where there's a some grief involved because of uh a, a person that had died in in our you know on our staff and something like, you know like that and it was it was kind of very difficult for everyone and um what i noticed going on during the week is um geez, just how that focus just ch- you know having something like that happen just changes the focus of everything and so this experience of grief that someone on your staff had died it was very difficult for everyone and ha- noticing how the experience of grief changes the focus of everything Yes, and um and how uh in some ways you know when in presence it's 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 very expansive as it is whenever we're present and I also saw how um the conditioned mind or ego can really use that time uh to its advantage 
So there's a sense of expansiveness and presence, and you're also seeing how conditioned mind can use that to its advantage. Yes, and uh, one of the ways I noticed it, which was (laughs) very interesting to me, so... Well, first of all, you know, there there is a lot of recording and listening. I don't know how anybody can live without that. And I was just so grateful for having that during, um, you know, having that practice during this week, those two weeks, and, and that for all the time. But it was, it was just very noticeable that week, the first week especially. Yeah, so so grateful for recording and listening as you've been going through this experience. Yes, all right. So then um, I was meditating. No, I I had, this is an example. I had written an email, um, and it was just an ordinary email. And uh, after I sent it, I heard something like, um, wow, that wasn't you know, you could have written that better. You know, that wasn't really that great. That was, you know, just stuff like that in my head. And so I moved the focus of attention and went out about my daily life. And so the so next it, thing that happened... Well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, then, then after that, I was maybe another morning, I was meditating and... I felt this uh, feeling of guilt. And I was one, you know, just thought, what? you know, what's that all about? And I just sat there and noticed this guilt. And mm-hmm. I thought, I didn't think, I was just sitting there. And what came next was... Um, let me see. She seemed to be, oh, under the guilt was uh, like um, fear. And I had noticed this during the, the, all the class we had done, you know, with these strong emotions, that fear seemed to be at the bottom of all of them. But this one, this time it just dropped in very strongly, this fear. There you were sitting, notice this feeling of guilt, and you're asking, well, what's going on with this? And sat with it and just noticing, just noticing, and noticed that there was fear really strongly under it. And you'd noticed that fear was under all of the strong emotions that you were looking at. It was really, really noticeable here. Yes, I, um, yes, yeah, what dropped in was to explore that's I mean all these words come from practice and it's so helpful when things like that just drop in okay sit with it and explore the 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 guilt okay now sit with it and you know just just explore the um what's under the guilt is fear well explore that you know it's just it was just uh kind of just sitting there and and all that was happening and um so, of course, what I, what I saw uh, under that, uh, under the fear, is that just that primal um, thing of conditioning, of doing something wrong and going to be thrown out of the tribe kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
So that just explore dropped in, right? That it was so helpful to just be in that. Sounds like a whole place, a whole process of just explore. Just explore, so you explored the guilt, and then got to explore the fear. And what you saw was this kind of primal thing of a conditioned fear of doing something wrong and being thrown out of the tribe as, as a result. Yes, and none of that was true. I mean, this was just an, an email that didn't matter that much. And all emails matter. But, I, you know, I did the best way I could. And um, I just, you know, came to the realization, again, this is just stuff that circles back, you know, over and over. But uh, the realization that, um, you know, that's what goes on when we're not paying attention. You know, that's just what's there um, that ego does when, uh, you know, so without without that kind of exploration, guilt could have drawn on and on, or there's always this fear that's underneath, you know, and and thank goodness for practice where we can have this ability to, um, what Bob, maybe what that quote means, getting, getting to the bottom of it, you know, to just uh, explore down to, you know, what's really happening, which is, an ego, a piece of conditioning, just trying to, in a sense, wear down uh, the person into suffering, you know, and uh, not even knowing what's going on. Yes, yes, to be able to get to the bottom of it. As you say, all of this stuff can be going on and we don't notice it, right? There can be all of that suffering happening and we're not aware of, of what it is and to be able to stop and explore and see it all and see it for what it is, then the that ego process doesn't have the power that it does when we're seeing through it and not noticing it. Yes, and that's what recording and listening does as well. And yet, since I was meditating, I couldn't do that. And, and um, it, it was, see, it has all kinds of ways we can get you know, life has all kinds of ways we can get to the bottom, so to speak, of it if we're uh, seemingly if we're present with life, you know. And um, and that's, I think, why there's so much gratitude all the time for this practice because uh, how does anybody, I, I go there a lot, <laughs> how does anybody live without it? I don't know. Um they manage, but anyhow, I'm just grateful for it, for it, for sure. Yeah, yeah, just grateful for it, that that it's that staying present where life can reach us with the guidance for for how to be with it, right? Whether that's in sitting, whether that's recording and listening. We hear, we mm-hmm. hear those prompts. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Instead of becoming, you know, a person who's feeling guilt or a person who goes around, you know, I mean, I remember, you know, thinking I was happy when I can tell you now it probably wasn't, now, you know, years ago before practice. So um, it's so wonderful to know what, you know, happiness is. Yeah, truly. So wonderful to know what happiness is instead of 
going around being a person feeling guilt, right? As you just described and laid out, you've got to sit and see the guilt and explore it. Yeah, and it turns out to be Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and it turned out to be fear, which is for me much easier, I don't say easier, but more familiar with than than guilt, you know. And so it was like from fear, I could see what's all you know conditioning's um, ploy, you know, bamboozle uh, to think we're going to be thrown out of the tribe or, you know, no good or worthless, you know, all that stuff that it does. Yeah, sounds like that was the big clue for you, the fear to see that that was an eagle ploy, all of that stuff about being thrown out of the tribe and being no good, just to see it all for the ego stuff that it is. Yeah, yeah, and so... (laughs) That that email just became an email <laughs> instead of a big <laughs> deal. Mm, 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 how beautiful. The email became just an email instead of a big deal. Yeah. And that's the way with everything, it seems, once we see or sit with it, notice it like we're doing and see it and it just everything stops being a big deal. Yeah. Yes, when we're seeing, noticing, being with life as it is, not not with ego's big deal version of it. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. This is Jen. Jan. Jen. Jen and then Jan. Um. I'm just sorry, relating off to... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Jen. So, uh, yeah, I was just relating to the so many of the conversations this morning and seeing the parallels of the things that I'm practicing with right now um, with leaving the monastery. And um, I was saying recently in a context, which I've just really seen more and more and more, of how... The parallels, and it came up for me as I was listening to folks this morning, um, the parallels of the end of Sadie, our beloved four-legged monk, who I stewarded her life for like 16 years, and the end of her life, um, and this process of packing up and leaving this particular physical monastery. To see parallels between the end of Sadie's life, the four-legged monk whose life he stewarded, and leaving the monastery. Yeah, and, um, you know, it's that, one of the things that made me think of it in this conversation is just that piece of, um, we knew the day that Sadie's life was going to end, um, but again, we don't, we didn't know, <laughs> you know, that sense of, okay, we know, but who knows, anything could happen, right? Um, and, but it's, it's so similar with this of like, I, I sit here in this absolutely beautiful, beloved place and a week from today, you know, it'll be different. <laughs> I mean, it's different every day. I mean, it's all those things that people are talking about in this conversation, but it's that 
I guess what it is, as I look at it, is that what I'm so grateful for is that it reminds me of how really um, there's such an intimacy in being that close to the reality that I don't, that usually, at least for me, I think for a lot of us, but that I don't really touch, which is that this is all transient. It's all transient, all of it, all the time. And I experience such a tremendous amount of love and intimacy when I'm so, when I have a front row seat to that reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the gift of being brought into such intimacy with the reality of how everything is transient. And there's such love and intimacy in touching into that and being present to it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, again, as people are saying today, I, you know, I mean, conditioning, of course, goes in the opposite direction with something like that. It goes into deprivation and loss and, um, you know, regret and all those things. And it, and I think, again, that's where the gratitude is, is, wow, to have so much um, support and training. I just think so much about training right now, feeling like, oh, my God, I just feel like I've been so well-trained in so many ways, on so many levels, and the gratitude for the people who have so patiently participated in that training, but so well-trained that, that the, the most of the moment-by-moment experience is that love and that intimacy and not the regret or the loss or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So while conditioning would want to take it all in a different direction, a direction of deprivation and loss and regret, what you're realizing is that most of your moment-by-moment experience is that intimacy and love. And with that, there's the gratitude for all of the training that you've Mm -hmm. received and all of the people who've participated in that training and all of the training that you've done, that this is so, that this is your experience. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been experiencing it too in times when, you know, I've got something going on physical, physically that can be intense. I'm realizing there's that same level of intimacy there with it of just, um, yeah, that same kind of, yeah, this is all transient. It really is, and the, and the being with it in however it is, however it's going, just, there's kind of a surrender to it um, that, that again, seems to facilitate such a deep, unconditional love. And so when there's something intense going on physically, there's also an experience of intimacy here with this, that this is transient too. It is all transient. And there's such a mm-hmm. profound experience with that of unconditional love. Uh. And the, there was a piece of it, too, that um, that came up earlier in the conversation of, you know, that place of, um, again, such a practice, such a training to stay with 
how the words get tricky, but to stay with what seems so for me, like what feels like it's it's guiding. I it was the um, conversation around, um, you know, the jump campaign, and that that place for me where it's like, well, I mean, are other people doing this? You know, are other people pulling their weight and I'm having to make these hard decisions. And so (laughs) other, you know, that's what can happen for me. And that there's such a, again, there's such a a love and um, there's such a, there's such a deep sense of love and care, I guess would be the word that I use there that comes deep for me when I'm able to drop out of that and to realize that what's relevant is, um, what what I feel guided to and to just completely stay with that. And it feels like the same process of um, so if I take it to the to the um, experience of packing up the monastery, to stay with caring for this for packing and for and for you know, being with what I'm with right now instead of well, how's it going to be and how's it going to look and lining up the next thing and that sort of thing. But just staying with where I'm guided to be right now and having the attention here. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I'm tracking that. So you uh, resonated with that process of attention going outward to uh, other people pulling their weight and you're realizing that the way that that shows up for you in the packing is that attention can go to, well, how's this going to look and lining up the next thing. And your practice is keeping the attention inward with what am I being guided to do here now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't totally see the connection either. And <laughs> somehow they're coming up together. But one of the other pieces I was seeing as you were saying that is another piece that's been a, that's a really big, such a good opportunity in this is um, one of the things that um, conditioning wants to do in this situation is like, okay, yeah, like it's all rolling, it's all happening, but what's the hidden thing that's going to come up that I haven't seen? The wild card that's going to be out there that's going to make the whole thing either emotionally or physically or on some level unmanageable. Actually, I think that's really, that really is how it relates to the Sadie thing too because it used to do that to me. As I was experiencing that deep love and that care at the end of Sadie's life and just the two of us just being together and, you know, each moment and sometimes it was really crazy because she had a lot of needs at the end and it was pretty challenging and all that. And, but just being completely with it and then that conversation of like, yeah, but it's going to be so hard when, like, what's the thing basically that's going to come along? Like, it's all going well now, sure. I mean, you're with it all now, but what's going to come along? And it's doing the same thing with this. And so that, that same, basically that really unconditional love, um, compassionate self-discipline of, well, I don't know but it's all okay right now. And so chances are really good that if we train with being okay right now, that whatever comes up, we're going to be okay with that then too. 
Mm. So noticing this process of, well, what's going to be the thing? What's going to be the hidden thing that comes up mm-hmm. that makes everything unmanageable, physically, emotional, on whatever level? And, and realizing that that process went on at the end of Sadie's life too, that, yeah, everything's okay here now, but what is going to be the thing that comes up? And realizing that, well, whatever it is, all I can do is practice that compassionate self-discipline of being here now with this, and chances are pretty good that then, what, not even then, but with whatever unfolds, I'm going to be uh, able to be here in unconditional love with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as we always talk about, I mean, it really is all, you know, it's all preparation for, it is all transient. It is all transient. Something is going to happen, <laughs> you know. It's just never the thing that conditioning, you know, what conditioning says is, and it will be awful. But the truth is that when we're with it, it's, it's beautiful. I think that's a good word. It's always beautiful when we're with it. Yeah. And it's all training for, yes, all things are transient. And the thing that conditioning would frame as the horrible thing Whatever it is, is beautiful when we're with it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Anna. Thank you. Jan. Hi, Anna. Well, I, yeah, I've loved all these conversations. Um, What I was watching as I was listening to the last conversation, just... um, the process that's so familiar of conditioning scrambling out of fear that I'm going to speak, <laughs> that I'm going to share, reveal, whatever it is, um, what's going on for me right now. And I just, uh, I guess I was appreciating the, that seeing it, I mean, I see it all the time, but just really wanting to call it out uh, that it's afraid, <laughs> conditioning is afraid that it's going to be revealed, and of course it's going to be. But just watched it so saw it so clearly um, just before, yeah, being unmuted or unmuting myself. Yeah. So in that unmuting yourself, noticing conditioning, scrambling with this fear that you're going to speak and just wanting to call it out that, yes, it is its fear that it's going to be revealed when you talk. Yeah. As it yeah. just was. Mm-hmm. All, yeah. <laughs> All the time. Um, well, what, what, I, what, I was, uh, what I was seeing in meditation this morning is um, it just took me to remembering that remembering is everything. I mean, I could go to so many different things in practice and say that's everything. But in that moment when it came in, it was like remembering is really key to it all because when I remember to sit, to record, to listen, to practice, to train, <laughs> um, that it, it just, it's, it's so important. And conditioning does everything to get me, to get us to forget. So anyway, I was just appreciating how important remembering is and setting up my life, whatever the circumstance, so that um, I can remember to do the things that support this life. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so noticing how crucial remembering is for you, that it's the remembering to sit, remembering to record and listen, remembering to show up, remembering to do the things, support yourself to do the things that support your life. Yeah, and and the more, I mean, I think I project this as everybody's experience, but the more I do all those things, sitting, recording, all, um, the more uh, the more I want to do it. <laughs> it's um, because that's, it takes me, let's see, what's the best way to say it? It, it, it keeps me in the moment um, available to life. And, uh, and there's such joy, delight, love in that. Um, but again, it's just that remembering. And I can, oh, I can see right now condition coming in to want to uh, make that into something. It came in during meditation. That's fine. I'm mentioning it. But it, I can see it just wanting to swoop that up and use that, as has been described by others this morning, um, to cause suffering. Oh, you didn't remember. Or whatever it would do. But it's just so good to be, no- so helpful to be noticing um, that, to just be noticing, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so helpful to be noticing, period, that what you want is to be here, to be available for life. There's such joy and delight in that. And the more you practice being here, the more you want to be here. And just noticing how conditioning swoops in to try and take that over and turn it into a thing. Do whatever it will do with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, like it does with everything. Um, and I also have just been so appreciating um, practicing training with uh, expanded awareness. And um, it's just, I don't know, practice doesn't matter. And I feel like it doesn't matter um, what is chosen <laughs> as the focus. Uh, but right now, it's just, there's such appreciation for watching how a uh, Expanded awareness, that attention can be put on expanded awareness and, and what the experience is of that. And uh, it's just been um, really fun. Uh-huh. So noticing how fun it's been to have a focus of expanded awareness, that, that uh, it, it's, whatever the focus is, is helpful, and that's the one, that's the focus that you've been bringing attention back to. Yeah, yeah. Well, what the guy, well, Ashwini and Sherry mentioned, just the attention being on expanded awareness and just getting, um, practicing, getting more and more familiar with that. And, uh, wow, it's, (laughs) I want to say, it doesn't matter, again, what I I practice with, but there's such, um, well, as we often say, no reason to be bored. And, such uh, hmm, such joy in doing it. I don't know. I, I've said that before, but just that. Yeah, no reason to be bored and such joy in doing it, such joy in practicing, keeping attention on expanded awareness, becoming familiar with that. Yeah, and just huge appreciation for this call, all our calls, um, because that, it, it, uh, it provides support for whatever we're focused on, wherever we're, I mean, 
however we're um, whatever we're training with it provides it feels like such critical support and there's yeah just huge gratitude for it right yes we can't do it alone huh such critical support to be supported to practice in the way that you're practicing yeah it's the holding hands that we've talked about it really feels like that is um is uh is so important anyway thank you anna yeah thank you this is rebecca rebecca and then i had someone else penny penny rebecca penny I just want to, uh, this has been a really wonderful call, and I just want to say a word about the year-long assignment for this week on, on the, the formation of a separate self. And what keeps striking me over and over in this conversation is just how, uh, well, just cruel and, and you know, the, how, how, how the nature of karma is that it will, cre- it will try to create itself at any cost you know any nothing is off the table in a sense of what it will try to use to be that to to drag us into this image of a separate self you know and so you know all of the love that is here and it gets um, you know mutated or or corrupted or whatever you know it is and I just am I, I just love the, that we're going to be looking at that this week of how that happens and seeing a lot even already in the, in the assignment. Mm-hmm. So getting a clear sense of how karma will use anything to maintain itself and to create the illusion of a separate self that nothing is off the table. It will take all of that love and mutate it, corrupt it to maintain itself. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, um, I'm watching, you know, I, I, as as people have been talking, I've been you know, noticing the process, how it's been going on within me, and and just to remember that we're the consciousness, we're the conscious, compassionate awareness that's noticing, it, it was, just, was just talked about, it's just, um, yeah, it, it's the most valuable you know, people have been talking about the training and the gratitude and all of that, and I'm right there in that boat. Like, oh my God, thank God we have had this, you know, this training to the, the to see that what we are is the consciousness that's seeing it, and you know, and there is our um, there is our unity with all that is, or our oneness, or our dissolving into the all that is in that. Uh, realization in that very awareness Mm -hmm. so seeing how that's coming up for you the karma maintaining itself at any cost and realizing that you are the conscious compassionate awareness that can see it all and so grateful for the training to realize that what we are is the conscious compassionate awareness that that is the unity with all that is and um, that awareness of being the awareness is that unity with all that is. Is that kind mm-hmm. of it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. And, you know, there's something 
I just want to say this because I'm not going to be able to articulate it, but there's something about all this that is touching really directly on what the guide's uh, blog was a few weeks ago on learning to love learning. And again, I'm just saying it because I'm sort of putting a a little uh, bookmark here in my own uh, conscious awareness that you know, to look at that because there's something here around that. And um, I think it, it just has to, has to do with not turning anything into a thing. Like, I mean, as people were talking, I could watch the mind going, oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, that's good. Yeah. You know, and it, it's like it's sort of like hoarding all of this good spiritual truth, insight, whatever, and, and, there, and there is the me right there, right there. You know, that's the formation of an identity, you know, that's the formation of the illusion of a separate self that's taking it in, which is, of course, the best, um, most uh, sure way to know that it's not going to be, you know, <laughs> received because it's, a, it's an ego that's trying to take in all this, quote, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So kind of seeing it live in action as you're listening to people talk in group, seeing the mind doing it, oh, that's good, oh, that's good, a kind of a turning something into a thing that it can hoard and grasp. And in that, mm-hmm. seeing that, well, that's the very process that's going to stop it from being received. Mm-hmm. Because it was already received. I mean, that it was already it was already there, you know. And then up comes this illusion of an of a of a me to try to you know to to uh, hang on to it, hang on to it, you know, learn from it, learn from it, get better by it, or whatever that you know that is. And it can sound also, you know, spiritually correct, but boy, is it the exact opposite so anyway that i just i turns out i did i was able to articulate a little bit about it but that that is really good to see and so um yeah i just want to wanted to to talk a little bit about that so thank you anna yeah thank you so it sounds like seeing that so yes there's the receiving and then there's the uh the illusion of a separate self trying to get something for itself and seeing through that whole process, no matter what the content is, how spiritual the content is. Exactly. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Penny. Penny, did we lose you? Okay, Penny, if you're speaking, we can't hear you. I uh, somehow got off the call, but I just got back on. Thank you. Um, Yay. Yay. So I'm responding to that, to uh, particularly the last two uh, sets of comments about, because they really both are talking about the inability to hold on (laughs) to things to make them permanent. And... um, I've been thinking about that. I've been feeling that, that reality of the transiency of things. Um, a couple of events, we just returned from the graduation of a young woman down the road who, uh, whose family moved here <coughs> excuse me, at the same time we did. 
So we've known her since she was born. And uh, so it was just a remarkable, wonderful experience to see her graduate college and um, just see her, you know, be a grown-up, but also just get that because we all moved here at the same time and we have tr- been so much a part of her life that it really felt like a graduation, you know, that it really was a, a transition, um, a marker event. Um, so it was wonderful, and also there's a certain poignancy to it. Mm-hmm. So really uh, resonating with all of the uh, all of what people have been talking about about transiency. That this event that you just attended to, the graduation, that really did feel like a graduation, uh, a moment of um, transience, a moment of shift that here's a person that who you've known since she was born whose life you've been involved in who's now graduating yeah and and really um i would pick up on that word beautiful i mean it's it's a beautiful moment to see how life moves on um even as it, it can feel bittersweet it really wasn't even bittersweet but it was just it was just clearly a kind of marker but quite a wonderful thing and then, and then there's the issue of, I mean, there's the experience of uh, the monastery getting ready to move. Um, I was in the yard yesterday and watched some vehicles go by that um, uh, I recognized and are going to apparently be in the neighborhood, but no longer at the monastery. And and um, and what I what I'm what I'm feeling is that um, that it just feels like this is the right time. And um, and I have so appreciated the care and integrity with which the transfer of the property was made, um, which Sherry and Ashwini re- uh, relayed to all of us in their in that audio recording. Um, and what arose for me as we were listening, as I was listening to the call today and thinking about you know the monastery moving is also kind of a graduation. Um, what arose for me from the way the transfer was made is that when people are conscious and present and operate with that kind of integrity, they create safety for other people. So as a neighbor, um, I'm experiencing that, that I, that part of the experience of this transition is what the, the sharing and Ashwini and the monks have created that um, leaves the rest of us in such a sweet position. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So from tracking Penny, experiencing the the kind of ripple effect of people practicing being present and conscious. So you were struck by the care and integrity in the process of the monastery transition. And that leaves you as a neighbor feeling in a very sweet place. Yes, and it's very, I mean, it's a, it's a kind of a macrocosm of what happens anytime, for example, you go to the monastery or you go into a, a retreat or a sit, that there is, that it is a safe place. It's not safe for ego, but it's a safe place because of the kind of presence and awareness that are, that are creating that event or creating that space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sounds like a, a safe space for authenticity or a, a, a place of authenticity where authenticity is reflected, right, and can show up. 
when there's that yep. level yep. of practice and that's what you experience when you come to the monastery when you come to a workshop or a retreat to sit right right yeah and let's see I don't think anything we're saying that other than just that um, so I'm having this kind of experience that ego would like to make sad or ego would like to make uh, uh, unhappy or um, something to feel bad about and, and the experience instead is yeah there's a there's a a grief edge to it but um, it's not sad at all it is it is just what life does life moves and um, this this last week or two have been a strong reminder that life moves and if we're present to it the movement is actually quite quite uh, beautiful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yes there's a grief edge to it and life moves and being present to life moving how life moves is quite beautiful yes thank you Anna thank you we have a couple more minutes All right, thank you all.